have a Bible nearby. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes in John chapter 1. So you can go ahead and turn there. I'm kind of juggling a lot of stuff tonight. So if you've never been here with us before, uh, we normally have another guy doing the music, not me. And it's normally not like this. It's a little different tonight. And so I uh, would welcome you to come back and see what a normal deal would look like, but grateful these guys got here early today and tried to put something together where we're, we're maybe singing some songs that have been around for a while, um, that families have sung for generations, um, and so kind of mixing in some new stuff and some old stuff. And uh, I would like to just spend a few minutes looking at this passage in John chapter 1 um, together. In, you don't need to turn here, but in John 14... Jesus makes a very stunning statement. Um, He says this, he says, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And the reason that is stunning, well, it's stunning for a number of reasons. But it's a very bold statement to say, if if you want to know what God is like, you just need to look at me. Because if you've seen me, you've seen God. They're the same. In the beginning of John, in chapter 1, uh, we, we see that this is a pattern that's established. Um, that one of the most beneficial things that, God, that Jesus did for us while he was on the earth is that he revealed the Father to us. He did a lot of really important things for us. And there's no fruit in trying to rank them, you know, one, th- one through whatever, uh, as far as like what was the most But I would say that this is one of the most important things he did. As he took what was such a mystery for so long, meaning, like, what is is God like? Who is God? What's his deal, you know? And he simply put it on display. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's the same thing. There is no... There's no way to be able to say this for sure. But if we were to do the same thing for our lives, not have to rank, a, to rank it as like what's the number one thing and that kind of stuff. Not in that sort of sense. But if you were to say, if there's a group of things that you hope your life accomplishes, revealing the Father would definitely need to be one of them. That with all these babies and, and children lined up across the front, we're praying for them. What are, what are the things that we want for them? That's one of the things that we want. We want people to see the character of God through the way that they live their lives. And for parents, um, that is one of, the, one of the high and great callings of being a parent. Is that you get to reveal God the Father to your children. And if you're not a parent... Uh, I'm not a parent. It's the same calling for all Christians. That's the call on all of our lives. That as we live our lives, people look at us and they should be able to know a closer picture of what God is like because of our compassion and our grace and all those kinds of things. 
And so this isn't, I don't want people to check out in your, in your mind just because you maybe aren't a parent. Or maybe your kids are out of the house and so you're like, hey, I'm done. You know, did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished, you know. But this is for all of us, but I do want to kind of center in for a few minutes on those among us who are parents because uh, it's just such an important calling and that's so much of what this weekend has been about. To make the Father known to your kids. Look in John chapter 1. Um, we're going to have it on the screens as well. Um, in verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him. This is John the Baptist. Uh, cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. And from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No, Look at this. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. That last part. Jesus has made Him known. Jesus has made God the Father known. Um, so in John 1, it's said about Jesus. And then John 14, Jesus says it about Himself, that He is revealing the Father. So all of you who are parents... One of the things that God has entrusted these kids to you to accomplish is to reveal the Father to them. That they know who God is and what He is like and and how He works and how He feels about them and how He deals with them. They need to know a clear picture of who God is as soon as they possibly can. And even sooner than that. So your job is not to figure out, like, well, can they understand this yet? And, uh, you know, is there cognitive development to a point yet? Whatever. It doesn't matter. If you are here and you are pregnant, then you start talking to that baby about the Lord. You, start, you bring them into church and you let them hear those songs and hear uh, that weird bass stuff going on. And you let them, you let them know those rhythms of, of life. You pray over them. You speak to them. When they're infants, you do the same thing. Um, Everything about their development. But one of, the, one of the, the goals and objectives is for them to know exactly who God is. And what's interesting to me is that we see something. You look in verse 14. Again. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, that's usually read at Christmas time during Advent about uh, Jesus, be, like the incarnation, you know, is, the, is like the theological word or whatever. But um, Jesus leaving heaven coming to earth, being born, taking on flesh and bones just like us, living and and growing. He dwelt among us. We have seen His glory. He says, uh, as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's maybe zero in on that. Because if, if you're like me, like... Something like uh, this charge of like, okay, you need to like make sure that you're revealing the character of God to your kids. You know, all right, go, go do that. You know, that's so huge, and like I, I need a little more. Like, can you give me like steps? You know, or can you narrow it down? And so, what happens here? We see two really amazing categories. Jesus was full of grace, and he was full of truth. That in the in the revelation of God's character. We see the grace and truth of the Father known. Okay, so what's the grace? What's the grace of the Father? 
The grace of the Father is, it's, again, that's six months worth of sermons right there. But let me try and just do a very poor job of putting it into a few sentences. The grace of the Father is, is this, the fact that his relationship with you is not determined by you. It's not earned by you. Uh, it's not about your works. It's not about you trying harder. It's not about you straightening up and flying right. You know, it's not about you keeping the rules. It's not about any of that stuff. It's this relationship that is pure, uh, and it comes from His love for you that is not conditioned. And so you don't have to earn favor from your God that that relationship stays intact. And it is solid, and it is not because of you. Because if it was determined, if it was up to you to, to determine your relationship with the Lord, we would all, all be in trouble. But our holy and perfect God, He's the one that determines the relationship. And so it's, He's the one that controls it. It's in His hands. It's all going to be fine. So on your best day, on your worst day, whatever it is, His love and His um, connection to you and His smile that goes toward you as His child is there. That he can, he can look at you and he can be like, hey, you don't need to do that because that is not good for you. And he can still love you at the same time. That he can separate those things out. That, that it's, it's not this up and down thing. You never know what God you're going to get, all this kind of stuff. And a lot of us, um, unfortunately, we take whatever, um, it tends to be male authority figures, but it could be female as well. But we tend to take whatever male authority figures we had growing up and project whatever they were like and make God kind of the same way. So if you grew up in a home and you never knew whenever dad got home from work what was about to happen, you know, uh, you never knew who was going to come in the door, then you tend to have that same kind of view of God. Or if your dad was a giant pushover, you know, like no backbone or or whatever, you kind of have the same view of God, like those kinds of things. But the Bible says very different, the Bible paints a very different picture of who our God is. That He is steady and He is consistent and He doesn't change and He's not all hung up on the things that we're hung up on. So Jesus being full of grace means that that gracious God, it was such a mystery, no one had ever seen it, He comes in flesh and blood and says, this is exactly what it's like. This is what God is like. God is full of grace and you know how you can see that? Because look at me, I've been full of grace. So it says full of grace and then full of truth. Um, that God is not a liar. You know, God's not, he's not trying to trick you. He's not holding out on you. He's not trying to manipulate things. That uh, He's just 100% all the time filled with truth. Enough to tell you when you're wrong. Enough to affirm you when you're right. To correct, to warn, to love, whatever it is that he is full of truth. And because he is full of truth, we, you know, that means it's okay to tell the truth because he already knows the truth. You know? So the truth of the Father, the grace of the Father, fully revealed in Jesus. So that's how Jesus, you know, that's, those are some of the things that he revealed. So, but how did he do it? What was his, what was his strategy? Like if you're going to try to make this, like, okay, let me drag that into parenting. What is the... How do I reveal the grace and truth of the Father to my kids? Well, you do it the same way he did, which in verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That he made those things known, not by being distant and far away, but through immersion. 
I read a, a book one time. Yeah. Not to brag. I read a book. Uh, one of the books that I read talked about the difference between learning a language through flashcards when compared to like moving to the country where they speak that natively and just living there. That if you want to learn Spanish, you can learn vocabulary words and you can do all that kind of stuff and maybe take a vocabulary test or whatever. But if you really want to learn a language, you need to move to Mexico. Immersion. That Jesus revealed the grace and truth of the Father and the character of God by immersing himself in, like, in the lives of the people who needed that message. So he left heaven was still God, came here to earth, and took on flesh and lived this life and put that on display. So for parents, how do you, how do you reveal the character of God to your kids? Through immersion. You soak them in the grace and truth of God. Everything about your home life, that's what, that's what it's about. That's the most important thing. God is the number one thing about our family. And everything that goes on in the family is consistent in pointing to the goodness and the grace and the truth of Jesus. It's immersion. That your kids are, uh, to use another analogy, uh, and I, I, again, came from a book, um, that your kids are like cucumbers that are sitting in that vinegar stuff becoming pickles. That's what they are. <laughs> they just soak it up. It takes it forever, you know. That's, that's what's happening. That the grace and truth of God are just seeping into their lives. In all these ways. Let me give you, let me give you two categories. Words, words and actions. Think about the words and actions of, of Christ. How did his disciples, how was it shaped in them? How did they see the grace and truth of the Father? Through Jesus immersing himself in their lives. And they paid attention to his words and to his actions. That's the lifestyle of following after a rabbi is you just follow, you literally followed them around and you watched everything that they would do and you listened to all that their words and you just tried to imitate them in every, like down to every possible detail. And so words and actions. So his words to them, his words to strangers, his words about other people, his words to the Father, everything he was speaking, conveying the grace and truth of the Father. His actions... His actions toward the disciples, toward strangers, toward other people. His actions toward the Father. His worship, his, like all those things. Everything about his life was just, it was always revealing something. So parents, you're, that's the same for you. All Christians, okay. So again, don't, don't put yourself in another category just because I'm focusing on parents tonight. For all of us, but let me just, let me pick on the parents a little bit. All of your words and your actions are revealing. That's impacting the formation of the pickle. All of the things that you say and you do. So, your kids, they pay attention to your words to them. Those words are important. The choice of word, the tone, I mean, all of, all of it. The timing, everything. Your words to them, your words to other people. They hear you talking to other people. They hear you talking about other people. They hear all those kinds of things. And so those things should be revealing the grace and truth of God. They, 
hear you talking to the Father. They need to hear you talking to the Father. They need to hear mom pray. They need to hear dad pray. They don't need to just hear preacher pray. They need to hear those things. But they also need their, the actions of mom and dad to be consistent with the prayers of mom and dad. You know? That your actions toward them and toward other people and toward strangers and all that kind of stuff, they're watching. You know what you really have? You have, uh, whether you know it or not, if you're a mom or you're a dad, you are a rabbi. You are a rabbi. You have these little ones following you around, watching all your words, watching all your actions and imitating you. So if you want your kids to grow up and be godly, I'm not saying put on a show. But I'm saying that's where they're going to learn it. They can come to church and hopefully we're reinforcing some of that stuff. And kids community group and our nursery stuff and our community groups. And hopefully all those things are helping solidify and reinforce what they're learning at home. But that's, that's where they will be. And so... Um, you know, there's a this drug commercial when I was growing up, you know, and kid gets caught, you know, doing something he shouldn't do, and the dad's yelling at him. He's like, "Where did you learn this? Where did you learn this?" And what's the kid say? I learned it by watching you. It was so dramatic and like so '80s, like it was perfect, you know. It was awesome. But so much truth in that. Your kids are gonna learn. They're gonna learn stuff at school. And they're going to learn stuff when they like, spend the night at other kids' houses. They're going to learn stuff on the bus. And they're, you know, if, I don't know if kids still ride the bus. But they're going to learn stuff other places. Okay? So everything that your kid like, struggles with is not automatically a reflection of you. Okay? However, um, you are the number one influence in their lives by God's design. He made it that way. He wanted it that way. He entrusted you with these kids. So he believes you can do it. And it happens through immersion. And what is, what is the result? Look at verse 16. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. That from that, from that fullness, what is the result? Just tons and tons of grace. Isn't that what you want for your kids? All of us. Isn't that what you want for the lives of people around you? Just grace, 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 grace. So my encouragement would be this. For us to all pay attention to our lives. Parent, not parent, whatever. Pay attention to our lives. That there is revelation happened. That God has sent us out into a world to reveal the character of God to the people around us. Just like Jesus did. We do the same thing. And in fact, Jesus, in his words, he said, you know what? Y'all are going to do even greater things than I did. Let that mess with your head a little bit. But that is the, the, one of the beautiful things that God has called us to, that he trusts us so much, so much more than we trust ourselves. So we pay attention to our lives. We, um, we pay attention to our words and our actions, and we... We repent of those things. We confess those things. We ask for his help in changing some of these rhythms and patterns. And we sit, you sit down with your kids. And you talk to them about the Lord. And you pray with them. And you teach them to pray. And you read the Bible with them. And you teach them to read the Bible. And you have them with you uh, in, in worship. And you let them see you sing. And you let them do all those things. And it's just we're immersing them in this culture so that whenever they grow up, they don't have to unlearn the earning narratives that so many of us have, of having to earn God's love, 
or feeling like God's mad at us all the time or feeling like God's holding out on us and trying to trick us, that they grow up knowing God is full of grace and truth. How do I know? Because I've seen mom and dad. I've seen their friends. I've seen our family. I've seen the church. I've seen all that stuff. That is what God wants for our families. And what's amazing is that he, he died on the cross for our sins, yes. Has given us new life, a life filled with his empowerment. And that's a part of why he believes in us so much, is because he's the one driving it forward. And so I hope that you are, like, I think Scripture is supposed to challenge us and convict us, but it's also supposed to be encouraging. And so I hope that all of you as parents are inspired, you know, that, that, that uh, whether you dedicated your child here or, or not, tonight or not, that you are excited and you realize the, the magnitude of what God's called you to, but also the beauty of, of who our God is, that he would say, hey, let's, let's, let's do this together. It's truly, it's truly amazing. All right, that's all I got. Okay, let's, let's stand up. We're going to sing a little bit. Um, if you haven't been with us before, that's, uh, that's our typical response. As we just sing some songs. And again, maybe you, maybe you know these, maybe you don't. But um, let me pray for us. And I would just invite you to sing your heart out. God, thank you, for, um, thank you for the gift of Jesus to us. That uh, Jesus didn't have to leave heaven. He chose to. He was obedient. And uh, thank you for the grace and truth that are fully revealed through his life. And Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice to us and um, your sacrifice for us to the Father. And just pray, Lord, that as we sing some closing songs, that we can, uh, that this would just really help uh, solidify and reinforce uh, your goodness and your care for us. And um, we just love you deeply and pray this all in your name. Amen.